This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that frankly can't believe you've been listening to us carry on for a year already. I'm Andrew Page. And with me for the 52nd time is Mr. Scott Phillips. G'day, Andrew. G'day, Fools. Thank you. A year tomorrow, in fact, year was our tomorrow. very, very first podcast. The Still standing, mate. Fast at the other side of the screen. Liam Flanagan has been producing our rubbish <laughs> for full 12 months. And you, dear listener, have been listening to it for 12 months. Take a good, hard look at yourself. Yeah, wake up. <laughs> So what are we going to do this year? Well, let's talk about the year in review. It's as good an anniversary as any. So we'll take a look back over the past 12 months and see what we were talking about then and what has since changed. Mr. Phillips, I also want to talk a, a, a bit about Bitcoin or, or Bitcoin, Bitcoin as, right? as the case may hey, be. Hey. Man, has that been capturing some headlines. We'll talk all of the reasons why and uh, what you might want to do about it. And we can't get away from this topic, but Amazon has come up again. We want to talk about Amazon and Facebook. In fact, in this time, in relation to whether it's too late to buy, we've given a lot of airtime to how much it's appreciated. We need a we need a sound for the mailbag because this is a mailbag question from John. We'll get into a bit later. We need a mailbag. Liam, if you can work on a, a mailbag noise for us at some point, that'd be useful. We've <laughs> we been know- doing this for a year, dude. We're worth something. Mate, sure. frankly, more sound effects <laughs> on everything. More cowbell. Jim Cramer, the hell out of this podcast. Can we get on with it? Uh, let's get let's get on with it. All right. So, mate, uh, a year ago. Yes. What did you buy me uh, <laughs> for our anniversary? <laughs> Just, I'm still here. That's the gift. <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving. So, oh, uh, look, on something. Uh, I thought let's let's go back. Uh, let's see what's happened. Well, in the past year, the market itself, I'm about seven and a half percent before dividends. Mm. About average. You know what it is? You throw in a couple of four and a half percent or so that the ASX does in dividends. It's about 11%. Give or take 12 and a half. That's about the average year, right? Well, that was about average. You know what else was also pretty typical was lots of volatility. (laughs) Uh, We had banks go up and down. Yeah. Brexit. Trump became president. China was going to go for a hard landing or a soft landing or was it? And then really just nothing. And that's kind of the cool time. thing about it. Like we bang on about it a lot, right? About the whole idea of don't worry about the now, focus on the long term, all that kind of stuff. And what I like about when we're preparing for this podcast and we do some preparation, believe it or not, we're actually talking about exactly the things that have happened. And, and one of us said, hey, Brexit was less than a year ago. And that was kind of mind blowing, right? I you think Brexit feels it. so long ago and it was such a massive deal. I don't think we could, we did a podcast on it. Everyone talked about it. What happens Every now? What do you do next? in the financial press. Donald was... Trump has been, was elected president more than six months ago. Yeah, He's only yeah. been the chair for four, but November last year, yep. I, I, the, the amount of stuff that actually happens in 12 months mm. and you kind of think, wow, you know, and, and still. Yeah. Mark is up seven and a half percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, interest rates still really, really, really low. Yeah. People keep, and not us, of course, but people, other people <laughs> uh, keep talking about the housing bubble and, or, 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 or not. Um, or boom, if you're uh, or, optimist. Or boom. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that, that continues to roll on. And that's the thing. So rates and housing, put those together for a second. If you think about 12 months ago, you know, would the Fed go raise rates four times? Mm. What would happen to the housing market? All the stuff that was obvious or possible or necessary some of it happens some of it doesn't right yeah most of it doesn't that's that's the interest the housing thing. affordability crisis is a new phrase though at yes. least at least the, the rhetoric's moved on a little we've, bit we've moved on now it's not, not just expensive it's now a crisis <laughs> tell you what else happened over the last year telcos man did they come out of favor yeah uh, we had some you know like the tpgs and focuses of this world yep. in particular just like just crushing it and thud right back down to earth. Even uh, Telstra, you know, and that's that's really been on hard times lately. Mate, tell me why. 
What, what what has the last twelve months told us about telcos? Telcos. Well, I think I think uh, that's an interesting um, question in itself. So we had this incredible period of consolidation, mm. and it really just juiced the profit growth of of these consolidators. Yeah. Um. Uh, and and it was massive. And that has kind of that thematic has played out. There's not too much more aggregation that occurred. And certainly nothing of scale. So these guys are now the, the the dominant players that remain are now sort of fighting over the. The, the broader pie, what the industry itself is going to do. We know it's yeah. got some good tailwinds behind yeah. it. Not, nothing's changed there, but it ain't, it ain't the, you know, the high double digit rates of growth that they had for a long time. So profit stalled, uh, particularly in the case of Vocus, we've had some hiccups in terms of how they've integrated all of those businesses. Yeah. Um, TPG is now facing um, some margin pressures because of the rollout of the MBN, et cetera, et cetera. People continue to worry about how Telstra is going to fill this so-called earnings hole. Um, so, you know, on top of sort of slowing growth, uh, albeit slowing from very high levels, you now got a very, or much more pessimistic view from the market as well. So people paying much lower multiples. Yeah. I, look, I think it's, I think it's fair to, to, to reflect on that for a little bit, because I think those two things to your point, Andrew, absolutely happened. We had this massive, massive tailwind in terms of number of internet providers in the market, the number of connections we're all making. We've got a multitude of devices, lots more data being sent down the pipes. Um, that was one. That was one trend. On the other trend, you've got yeah. a whole lot of aggregation happening, right? And if yeah. you merge, you know, one plus one actually is more than two in in ASX land, in the sense that you can take a whole lot of costs out, and so you can take a dollar of profit you make, a dollar of profit I make, put our businesses together. Yeah, we probably make two dollars twenty of profit, something like that. So there yeah. really is. We don't need to duplicate all our corporate processes. We need two CEOs, two CFOs. Yep. Right. Yep, so sure. those things were happening. They were they were really good. They both came to a halt pretty much at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, telco connections are still growing. Data is still growing. The problem is we're paying the same rate. As we were, so the tokens are pushing more and more stuff through the pipes, but we're only paying the same amount for it, which is great for consumers, not so great for telcos. And as you said, Vocus merged with uh, Amcom, then with M2, M2 TPG yeah. bought IINet. They're pretty much all oh, that's also now over. And yeah. so TPG were the first out of the gate and said, "Guys, this party, sorry, you know, midnight struck, lights are going on, yeah. everyone's got to go home, no more drinks." Yep. Um, and now we're kind of right, way. and now yeah. we're back kind of in normal land, which is, you know. This becomes a more normal industry, if I could put it that way. Yes. The hyper growth of, of the past is gone. And now the question really is, is there value left in the telcos? And that really, like 12 months ago, telcos were still riding high. This was still the mm. boom industry. Mm. And Vocus had probably been cut, what, by two thirds in that period yeah, of time? T TPG probably in half. Yeah. Telstra's probably down 25 or 30%. Yeah, um, yeah some really, really more, big losses in some of those telcos. Now, it's huge. You know, another another sector that's experienced some pretty substantial change over the past 12 months retail has really you know again we've talked we're going to talk about it a bit more later in fact yeah. the amazon effect and what that's happening and just general weakness in re retail conditions as well and here's the beauty of that right for me is nothing's actually changed yet yeah you know prices it, have gone through the floor and mm. nothing has changed other than investor sentiment and that's yeah, uh, we, we did have some yeah look I, it depends on how fine you want to go and so there's been some some less robust than hoped for retail oh, numbers true. coming that's out true. of some that's of the, true. yeah, but not, not the disaster, I suppose, to your point that the share price reaction would suggest. If you look at share prices of say JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, um, premier investments mm. to do Smigel and, and, and Peter Alexander, among others, the, I, I would argue that the, the, the change in share price is far more commensurate with fear about Amazon yes. rather than the slowdown. And there has been a slowdown in retail yeah. sales yeah. growth. Yeah. Um, mate, so what have you learnt over the last year then with all of this kind of, again, you sort of, you, you go, you take the time to go through it and it feels like it was a decade ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, a week is a long time in politics. It feels like an eternity <laughs> when it comes to the finance market. Yeah. Um, what, what do you look back over the last 12 months and, and sort of, what does it remind you? 
Oh, good, good point. Look, I think so. So what I've learned over the last twelve months is probably I'm just reminded of the 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 stupidity of trying to guess and follow the daily and weekly moves in the mm-hmm. market. Yeah, the, the the Trumps, the Brexits, the Amazons, yep. the whatevers. Like the yep. this stuff is just not worth sweating over for the news value, mm. right? There are some things that change. So to your point about retail, there is some value in looking at Amazon and saying, okay. Maybe the slowdown in retail sales is cyclical. Maybe, yeah, it's, maybe it's not, right? Yep, yep. But the Amazon effect is real. When yeah. it turns up, Amazon will take sales away from our retailers. Mm-hmm. So that's a really nice example of a cyclical problem, which is retail will boom and bust. It'll go, it'll you know, grow slowly, it'll grow quickly. Yep. These things happen in cycles. That's just part of it. Now, it doesn't mean you should be ambivalent towards it. You know, check the price you're paying. Make sure you're buying a quality business. Yeah. But the Amazon thing is a structural change. This is yep. potentially, and maybe we're overblowing. Maybe everyone's overblowing, but I don't think so. Media's the other example there too, right, which we talked yeah, about last yeah. week. Yeah. So, you know, lots of that. Um, what have I learned? Honestly, and we, we keep banging on about it. I guess the, the key highlight here is for all the stuff we just talked about, the last 12 months of us banging on every Friday on, on this podcast, the more things change, the more they stay the same. Yeah. And, and, and the news value, the, the investment value is far, far, far less than the news value of some of these big headlines. I think that's the, you know, if I was to look into a crystal ball and say, what's going to happen over the next 12 months? Well, I've got no idea specifically, but yeah. I can guarantee you there'll be a couple of political scandals um, unfortunately, sadly, there'll probably be a couple of sort of geopolitical slash terrorist type activities. You know, there'll probably be some really economic um, uh, casualties out there. Yeah. Uh, there'll be a few success. You know, th- there'll be a whole bunch of stuff that captures our attention and stuff too that I, this is a, the thing. These are absolutely important things. No one's trying to, I don't, yeah. It's, yeah. you know, least of all us trying to brush them under the rug and say, ah, it doesn't, Brexit, you know, look how it was a non-event. I mean, it's a huge you know, world-changing type events that no one's denying that. I, I guess it's that there's going to be a bunch of these kinds of things. You're never going to be able to foresee it. And even if you do foresee it, you're never going to yeah. be able to foresee what consequence or the immediate consequences that's going to be. So you, I, I guess you you plow ahead and you invest in spite of all of that, knowing all that- All of sound and fury signifying nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, and Barbara's I, right. My, my lesson, uh, you touched on it before, that that's- sort of the last 12 months has reminded me of is that difference between that, that cyclicality and, and structure, structural right, right. Uh, impact. So I, I think what a lot of people, analysts of all people, in fact, tend to um, misunderstand is that... Surely we're not disconnected from the real world, Andrew. <laughs> Surely those of us who live in our ivory towers and run spreadsheets... And well, our ivory spreadsheets, our we love, gosh, we love numbers <laughs> as analysts and we love, to, we love to play around with them and we like to come up with these ideas of value based on, on our forecast. And I think... We forget that just the the natural day-to-day, month-to-month, year-to-year vicissitudes of business mean that that is always a lumpy type affair. I mean, any small business owner out there, any tradie out there gets this. Sometimes you have it like a corker of a month. Sometimes you don't, doesn't it? In fact, very often it has, it doesn't point to any major change in the, in the longer term economics or structure of your business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what happens on the market though, is that, you know, a retailer has a poor quarter and all of a sudden it's a disaster and the business is worth 50% less than it was, you know, last week. Yeah. Um, so for me, it's, 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 it's being able to tease those two things apart. What is it kind of just the normal ups and downs of business? You know, the good year versus the bad year versus something that might be sort of impacting Fairfax or network 10 at the moment, structural change. this isn't something that's going to bounce back to where it was before. Mate, the big thing that I learned this year or always reminded of this year is that we talk about monopolies, right? And we'll talk about monopolies another day, but monopolies are supposed to be this great profit, you know, cash flow vomiting machines mm. that don't, you can't help but, but spit out a whole lot of cash because they're monopolies. Yeah. They've got pricing power. You can't compete with them by definition because yep. they're monopolies. Yep. You know, there's these businesses that are just fantastically wonderful. Yeah, they are. Yep. And then there's competition. <laughs> so, you know, the, the, there's very so, little that, that is truly a monopoly for the full, you know, f- forever. Whether it's, uh, uh, you know, Uber 
undoing the cab charge monopoly over taxis, for yeah. example, whether it's Airbnb, there was not a monopoly in, in, in hotels, but the kind of idea of new, new competition coming from literally from left field. Mm. You know, who five years ago said the big threat to hotel rooms is Andrew's second bedroom. You know, yeah. it, it doesn't happen that way, right? So these things that are, you know, you assume the market is a certain shape and size and, and is what it is. Mm. And then it just gets chipped away and chipped away and chipped away. And all of a sudden, five, 10 years later, yeah. you realize, you know, Kodak was the name in, 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 photo, uh, in yep. photography, yep. you know, photographic paper, camera. IBM was the name in computers. Right. Yep. And you kind of think, how does that go away? And the answer is because technology unravels it. I think sometimes as analysts, we're likely to put more value than we should in monopolies because they're monopolies. And they yep. are for now. Yep. But you've got to be so, so careful because no monopoly has a God-given right to be a monopoly forever. And if anything, I've kind of taken that. And I think it's also just to add on to that is that when you've got, an, a, a, you're, when you are a monopoly and you've got all the benefits of being a, a monopoly, I mean, that's kind of revealed in your numbers. So when things do change, right, there's right. only one direction for that to sort <laughs> exactly. of go. You know, you can sort of say that we own 90% of the market, but then you sort of, you lose a few percent of that. And that really comes back to the bottom line. Well, that's so, the ASX, right? The ASX yeah. was the, the only available clearinghouse for, for trades. Yeah. Then another one turns up. Yeah. Another one might turn up. And mm. at some point you're like, well, You've got nowhere to go. You can't grow any faster than the market. Yeah. And you're going to lose markets. Like Telstra when Optus turned up. Yep. All you can do is go backwards, but you can go backwards as slowly as you can manage. Yeah. But as soon as you add a second player, yeah. unless all of their business is completely new and, and additional, which it almost never is, you can only go backwards. So the, the value of monopolies there is, is important. Andrew. Okay. 12 months from now. 12 months. We're going we're to look back on this particular episode and okay. cringe as we do when we listen to all of our episodes. Which but is why tell I never me, do. Yep. But tell me. Give me a reckless prediction for the next 12 months. 12 months Ooh, time. Give me one reckless prediction. Reckless. Re reckless. Okay. Um, I would say gold will be up 30%. Oh, why is that? I have no idea. Because <laughs> it could be. That's not a prediction, dude. That's just a guess. Okay. okay. <laughs> can, I, can I do my favorite? I, I, I'll oh, say that, I'll say that housing uh, nationally is, is down 15%. Write it down, fools. Housing down 15%. You did say reckless. I did say reckless. Fortunately, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not stupid enough to start um, taking highly leveraged bets on this kind of stuff because Lord knows if I decided to short, if I had decided to short housing a couple of years ago, I would have been taken to the cleaners. There you go. I, well, my reckless prediction is there are going to be three bankruptcies of retailers between now and the next 12 months. Wait, 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 wait. All wait. of whom blame Amazon for their So these problems. are uh, listed companies or just sort of big name? Uh, no, no, big name, big name. So maybe a mix of both. Just in the, in the next 12 months? In the next 12 months. So we three big retailers who go broke and say, oh, things are too tough. Amazon's coming. It's hurting my business. Oh, interesting. That's my prediction. All right. We shall revisit But we will that. invest on anyway. Pools, before we move off this topic, um, just a, a very sincere and heartfelt thank you to all of you who do listen. It's been 12 months. We've enjoyed it we're not going anywhere. This is not goodbye, of course. Um, just a, just a, a reminder, a recognition of just say thank you for know, you guys yeah. for, yep. for putting up with us for, for 20 to 25 minutes of your very valuable week. Why you do it, God only knows, but we appreciate that you do. Um, and, and also a thank you to Liam Flanagan, our producer, who makes us sound good thanks, every week, or at least better than we otherwise better might. We and otherwise that's, a, would be, that, yeah. that's a victory in itself, trust us. Yeah, and thanks for people who've um, sent through some questions. So we yeah, always yeah. enjoy getting a bit of feedback and what we can talk about. Um, Indeed. Makes our lives a bit easier. On Twitter, the Motley Fool AU. The Motley Fool AU. You all on Twitter, send us a question, comment, feedback. Let us know what you're doing. Um, let us know what we're doing well or badly. Uh, if it's badly, don't tell us. Don't tell us. Not well, interested. Let us know. Yeah. Get more motley full money advice at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's talk about Bitcoin <laughs> from the sublime to. The ridiculous. There Mate, do you have any Bitcoin? Do you have I a have virtual exactly wallet? I have exactly zero Bitcoin. Oh, virtual wallet. Well, I bet you regret that. So 
let's 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 start at the beginning here. For those that don't know, Bitcoin is what you might call a cryptocurrency. Oh God, here which we go. Sounds really really cool. So it's basically a a currency which has no central bank that looks after it. This is a distributed ledger. You hear about oh. this a lot of this stuff called the blockchain. It basically means. Do that you have one jargon you, bingo? In 35 seconds. I did a bit of research time. so I can pretend like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so so basically, I can send Liam or you or anyone in the world um, some money. Did you hear that, Phils? Just let Andrew know he'll send you some money. It, it goes through. There's no central sort of repository that's looking after all of this kind of stuff. <laughs> and there's, in fact, a whole bunch of these cryptocurrencies, dozens and dozens and dozens of them. The best one, though, is called Bitcoin. Now, back in 2010, one of these uh, like any kind of currency, it can be traded with other currencies as long as there's a market for that. And you could have swapped a Bitcoin for one and a half US cents. Fast forward seven years through to today. And what's one Bitcoin worth, Mr. Phillips? Go on, tell us. It's in excess of $2,000. Oh. So what's really... Sorry, funny's really, not I really the right should have word. had some Bitcoins, huh? Funny's not really the right word oh, for it. But there's, in social media, I've noticed in the last week, there's all these people saying, oh, I bought a pizza. I spent, yeah, yeah. you know, however many Bitcoins buying a pizza in 2010. If I didn't do it, I'd have now, you know, $75 yeah, yeah. million dollars or something. <laughs> that is one expensive pizza. Um, and, and lots and lots of stories like that. So obviously, when you get such incredible gains, that's when people start to get attracted to it. So, yeah. the, you know, more and more questions are up saying, hey, what's this Bitcoin thing and, and how do I get a part of the action? Yeah, so we're I, going to hop potato that straight to you. <laughs> Thank you very much. A hundred bucks invested in Bitcoin in 2010, hundred bucks, mm. now seven and a half million dollars. Wow. That's a, that's, a, that's a lot of missed opportunity. Here's the thing, right? Bitcoin is straight and pure speculation. You know, Bitcoin has no intrinsic value. Uh, currency has no intrinsic value, and we won't get down that, that that rabbit hole. Except that it's worth what someone else will, will swap it for. It's you. a faith-based right. I mean, asset. If, if you, you got, will. if I've got a five-dollar note in my pocket, mm. you're only going to take it off me and and recognize it's worth being five dollars if you think you can spend it somewhere else for five bucks. Yeah. Yep. And so that's the thing with Bitcoin is, I, I, if All I say you're going to give you a Bitcoin, you're going to yeah. say, well. I don't know if I can spend that later. Yeah. Well, what's it going to be worth? You know, there's no intrinsic value, no inherent value in any of these things. It's the same with the Aussie dollar or the US dollar in, exactly. in, in principle, right? The difference is that, well, there's two there's two key problems with Bitcoin. One is that no one's actually kind of behind this thing in any meaningful way. Yep. That's a strength because there is no central bank that can devalue or revalue your currency. Yep. Yep. On the flip side, if you look at the volatility of Bitcoin, it behaves much, much more like a speculative mining stock than it does a proper currency. You know, the Australian not... dollar might have fluctuated between mm. 72 and 78 cents over the last 12 months. Bitcoin's probably been up and down 20, 25% a dozen times in that time period. So, yeah, you know, yeah. there, there is hugely volatile. There, there is nothing meaningfully kind of able to be put on Bitcoin. So this is what it's worth. This is what it will be worth in two, three, five years from now. But you could say that about the Aussie dollar, right? I mean, yeah, I, it's, but... it, is, it, is it volatile? Well, yes. Put... Do you know where it's going to be in the next few years? No. There is no currency in the world that's gone from being worth 100 Australian dollars to 7.5 million Australian dollars over. But the Zimbabwean con uh, currency has gone the other way. <laughs> exactly. Among others. Exactly, exactly. Look, yeah. It's worth whatever someone. Else I, 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 I guess. I, I guess what I'm saying here, Scott, is that I, I hear you. It, it, you know, I, I'm. I'm certainly not going to be advocating anyone to rush, rush out there and buy it because it, it is. It is pure speculation. Good I choice. totally get that. But if we're going to zoom out a little bit, this is this is a, a very nascent technology in the grand scheme of things. Yep. Um, it, it ticks a lot of box on paper. It ticks a lot of boxes and has a lot of appeal. I do wonder if. 10, 20, 30 years from now, if it's not Bitcoin, but other, other some other kind of cryptocurrency, yep. just due to our increasing globalization and global trade, just the fact that more and more transactions are happening online, is it so silly to think that this just becomes a, a very, very compelling proposition in the future? And that, you know, it, as you say, this is, it's all confidence-based. Yep. 
if it gets to a situation where it, it reaches critical mass and we actually see a very substantial proportion of online transactions being conducted through Bitcoin, yep. it kind of gets past the, all of that, right? Yeah, maybe. But the problem is we're talking about this effectively as an asset speculation. Oh, pure, to, right? to buy it for... So if we, yeah, if we yeah, buy Bitcoin now, we're saying, what's it going to be worth in the future? The, the, the answer is, you know... Could Australian be no, could dollar, be nothing. Could Australian be, dollar is yeah. going to buy you a certain number of cans of Coke Zero, yeah. right? It just, it just is. Mm. And that might be 1.1 cans, 0.9 cans, but it's going to be roughly worth that. Right. Now, compared to US dollars, maybe it's a bit more more volatile because there's international trade flows and mm -hmm. a whole lot of economic crap that we won't go into right now. Mm. Uh, th there's reasons why that might change. People mm. buying Bitcoin now aren't buying it because they think in 10 years' time, they might be able to use this to buy a pizza. They're saying, maybe this will be worth another $7.5 million. Maybe I better jump on this speculative, speculative mm. bubble and see if I can ride it all the way. Mm. So is it possibly used as, an, as a medium of exchange in 10, 20 years' time? Yes. Mm. Does that make it worthwhile of investment in today on some sort of speculative asset bubble basis? I, I can't see how it is. It, mm. Maybe maybe it triples. Yeah. Maybe it halves. There is no way of knowing what the Bitcoins might be worth at some point in the future, even if they're still around and being used by anyone in any serious way. Yeah. The blockchain technology that sits behind it is really useful. Yeah. There's banks and stock exchanges stock looking exchanges, into using yeah. these things. Yeah. Right? So yeah, the technology is particularly attractive. Very, very cool. Yeah. Does that mean the currency itself is worth today's price or double or half that? There's no way of objectively knowing. And frankly, any investment, we would say, look at the investment, look at what it does, look at how it makes its money, mm. look at what the future of cash flows are likely to be, mm. all that stuff. Bitcoin, all you can look at it and go, oh, maybe more people use it in the future. Maybe they don't. I don't really know. Mm. And that's that's a horrible, horrible reason for speculation. Just because someone wins the lotto doesn't mean lotto is worth playing. Yeah. So it, even a good example is just what happened overnight. In fact, I think it sort of hit these highs, was getting all this attention and then whack, it was down like 18% <laughs> in one day, right? So that's, it's, it is, it is pure speculation, pure but speculation. very, very cool. I, for one, am rooting for Bitcoin. I hope in the future it is far more widely used and, and popular. I think it's a terrible idea because you can't have government intervention on things like interest I think rates. that's it what makes, help, I think that's what makes it attractive. It actually help fact. our economy be more balanced oh, and actually mate, let, we have to revisit the fiscal policy and monetary policy have effect. Yeah. Yeah, we need to revisit that. that. That is a really interesting topic. Motley Fool Money. Financial advice for real people, not trust fund hippies. Sign up for the newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. Let's, let's but before we go down that <laughs> rabbit, Warren, um, let's talk a bit about... Every listener, by the way, is going, oh, thank God they didn't talk about Bitcoin for any longer. <laughs> thank God for that. John, um, a yes. listener, uh, he's, yeah, he's tweeted us through a, a question. Here's uh, John Verp one on Twitter. Yeah, thanks for the question, John. He said, guys, meteoric, meteoric rise in Facebook and Amazon prices has kept me away. Man, do I know that feeling. <laughs> How do you know whether it's still okay to step in? That's a great question. Yeah. I, 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 not so much on these companies, although certainly relating to these, but on all kinds of companies. We talked about it before with corporate travel. One of those ones that just keeps yep. on going up and it's yep. very natural to think, well, it's too late. I've missed out. I'm not going to buy. The worst thing you can do investing, Andrew, is looking at the share price and trying to speculate what that means about what the future might look like. Just because the share price is double doesn't mean it's not going to halve or not going to double again. There is no predictive value in past share prices at That's all. so controversial. And mate. so... Can I say for the record, I totally agree with you, but I've been doing this long enough to know that, you know, probably at least 40% of our listeners just threw something at their uh, radio. Excellent. It means I haven't got their hands anymore. When I say again, there is no predictive value in share prices. Put down the charts, walk away, go and do something else. Sit in the sun, do it. If it worked, we'd all coffee. be doing it, right? For the love of God, yeah. put down the share price charts. So there's no value there. So John, really cool question. Now, we know John; he's a regular correspondent of ours. Yep. Um, he's not a chartist, and, and and John, nice work. So look, in terms of that, yeah, don't look at the previous charts. It's hard, the hardest thing to do, right? John, he just knows they've gone up. He's not looking at the chart saying, "Oh, it's up 55% at a Bollinger Band with a 50." 
20% retracement and cup and handle pattern and all that sort of rubbish. He's just saying, look, it's gone up a lot and maybe it's overpriced. Am I, am I too late to jump in? So, John, yeah. ignore the share price. Yeah. Second, understand the business. How does Facebook, how does Amazon, how does corporate travel make its money? Mm. Um, I should say for the record, I own both Amazon and corporate travel for full disclosure. Um, how do they make their money? What what do they do well and badly? You know, what, what's 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 driving the, the economic engine? And then look at the future. Is Amazon going to be bigger, smaller, the same size in five years from now? How much more do you expect it to make profit-wise? Even roughly, don't have to have a, a five decimal place estimate, just literally, is it going to be bigger or smaller? How much bigger, how much smaller? And then look at the price and say, is that price reasonable to buy a business like that? And no matter whether the price has doubled, halved, tripled, fallen by 90%, you know, Amazon went from 100 to nine, then back to 100, then 200, then 400, then 800. At any point, you could have said exactly that. And again, this is not saying John's doing the wrong thing, but at any point, we could have looked at that chart and gone, it's gone up a lot. Can it really keep going? And it just keeps going and going and going. If you believe Amazon's future is bright for the next 10 years and beyond, there's every possibility that today's price isn't overvalued despite mediocre rises in the last little while. Oh, I have to unpack all of that. You said a lot in that in that little way. So, so where where I I totally get you. I, I think you, you have to have an indep- I think this is just true of investing in general, whether it's a, a, a dying um, business that's in structural decline or whether it's a you know the next big thing. The value of that business is quite clearly stated as the discounted value of all of its future cash flows to, to get really that's your version of unpacking what i just said so 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 but but the, the trouble with it is is like i think okay it's it's perfectly you know it makes perfect sense yep. you know um but but geez that, that that can be a fair bit of work to sort of do all of that kind right. of stuff um however what i would say and i think the, the key thing of of what you're getting at here is that you know you need to come up if you don't have some kind of independent notion as to what something is worth how can you possibly make buy and sell decisions you know, is, is now a good time to buy? Well, it doesn't matter that the price has gone down 4% over the past week and is on some kind of line of resistance. It depends on how it compares with that independent notion of value. The clearer you are on that, the higher conviction you have on that, the better you will do as an investor. Did I, did I unpack that or did I just make that 10 you made times it more, way more complex? Okay. But thanks for trying. Right. Okay. That's a conversation for another day, I think. But I, I, guess, I, guess, I guess what I'm saying is John's might be going, thanks guys, <laughs> what do I do with that information? Um, Go on, help me out. Go on, give me my. I know we're out against the time here, but <laughs> we are running way over time. Here's the thing, uh, Andrews, you're dead right in terms of understanding what you think a business is worth. It's it's the first step towards being a a, a decently successful investor, right? And so paying just any price is Amazon worth a million dollars, a billion dollars, a trillion dollars a share? Almost certainly not. Is it worth a buck a share? Well, it's almost certainly worth more than that. Somewhere in between is the reality. Um, there's two. Give me the, give me the easy answer. Are you a buyer of Amazon today? Yes, you are. Yeah, I think I am too. And, and and frankly, this is and the thing is, it's worth hundred times profit. Right, it's only for hundred times its profits right now. So mm-hmm. on on normal base, this is the this is the hard part, right? There is no rule that says a P of X is cheap and a P of Y is expensive. Yeah. This is a P of hundred. That's normally considered dramatically, woefully, horribly expensive. expensive. Yeah. Um, but I think it's a good buy because I think the future profits it's going to deliver will will deliver a, a decent enough return for current shareholders. Not as much as if you bought it a hundred bucks mm-hmm. or five bucks a mm-hmm. share, of course. Sure. But enough to to see you do very 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 well from here. Um, because I think the future profit potential of this business is very, very large. We think about the number of categories in the number of countries it's in, mm. the, the pace of growth of online commerce, the ability to raise prices and improve margins. There's, there's a dozen levers it could pull, all of which should improve its business prospects and its profitability. I'd also say I would expect some pretty substantial falls between now and the next 10 years. Did you see that chart that was going around Twitter not that long ago? And someone had tracked the, I think it was Amazon, the price of Amazon on one axis and on the other, it was how substantially it had fallen from its previous high. Dude, if, you, if you'd if you read my Motley Fool million dollar portfolio update yesterday, 
yesterday, you were saying I re- took it exactly that. <laughs> That's probably where I read it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I'm reading your stuff, okay? <laughs> He's not. He saw it on Twitter. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's, it's one of those stories of incredible wealth, but massive interim paper losses along the way. Andrew, I'm going to stop you for the sake of our listeners. Okay. I know you can talk about this stuff for half, another half an hour, but we won't do that to people. Thank we'll, you. We'll pick it up another day. Mate, um, happy happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. I'll, I'll get my gift afterwards. Yes, it's, it's in the mail. Thank you, Liam. Thank you, um, listeners. Yes, thanks to everyone. Um, remember, you can subscribe to the Triple M Motley Fool Money podcast through iTunes or your favorite Android podcast app. And if you like what you're doing, please give us a five-star rating. Uh, that's it. Until next time, full on. Full on. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash triple M. The Motley Fool operates under financial services license 400691.